Just because your column adds up to more, it doesn't mean that you're netting more at the end of the day. You're listening to the Texas Family Law Insiders Podcast, your source for the latest news and trends in family law in the state of Texas. Now here's your host, Attorney Holly Draper. Today we're excited to welcome Sam Thornall to the Texas Family Law Insiders Podcast. Sam is a Baylor graduate and the Chief Executive Officer of Encircle Wealth Advisors, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC in McKinney, Texas. He's been a financial advisor for over 19 years and is a certified financial planner, practitioner, behavioral financial advisor, a certified divorce financial analyst, a chartered retirement planning counselor, and a chartered financial consultant. Sam's mission is to help clients feel more confident about their financial future, connected and in control of their financial life. And Circle Wealth Advisors has a team approach by working with their clients, tax advisor, estate attorney, divorce attorney, mortgage broker, and realtor to make strategic decisions about their investments and financial planning goals. One of his areas of concentration is helping clients plan for their life post-divorce. Sam is trained to deal with the financial impacts and long-term implications that a divorce can create. Whether you started saving for your future, getting ready to retire, already retired, changing jobs, going through or finishing up a divorce, and Circle Wealth Advisors can help build your customized financial plan and work with you to achieve your financial goals. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Holly. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, let's see. So born and raised here in Texas, uh, grew up in a little town, Grosbeck, uh, put myself through Baylor University. I, I wasn't a, a financial advisor. I would have che- uh, picked a cheaper school to put myself through, but I am a Baylor Bear. I actually graduated unique way and path to being a financial advisor. I actually graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science, so definitely a computer nerd, but realized I like the, the problem-solving, working with clients and helping them to where they want to go. And so when the opportunity uh, coming up on 20 years ago uh, to transition to being a financial advisor came about, I, I jumped on it. Uh, so I've been with Ameriprise all 20 years, have my own financial advisory practice here in McKinney, and uh, we get to work with uh, clients for long periods of time, not just focused on the investment sides, which is important for most clients, but we get to help them do true planning. And and if someone asks me what the difference is between what I do and, and other people in my field is we embrace planning. We want to understand where the client is today financially and where they want to be financially in the future. And then we're meeting with them on a regular basis of job changes, of their ability to save. And so it's just been rewarding for the last 20 years. Uh, I built out the practice with uh, other associates joining. And so uh, we're in, in growth mode and definitely through the recent events last year with the economy, uh, we've uh, definitely been taking on clients and really helping them navigate through the changes that are that are coming. So um, that is us at Encircle Wealth Advisors. So when I was reading your bio a few minutes ago, we definitely went through a long list of certifications that you have. Can you tell us about those? What's most important? What they mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was teasing with you earlier. I was like, I had a lot of those designations that I got early on when I didn't have as many uh, gray hairs. Uh, but but all of them are a little bit different focus in the overall financial planning world. Um, the one most people are probably most familiar about is the certified financial uh, planner. That's kind of the, the the gold standard when if you read an article, it says, hey, make sure your financial advisor is a CFP, uh, the acronym for it. Uh, and it just means we're we're going deep on understanding tax strategies where we may not be the tax expert, 
but we've learned enough in that tax uh, area to be able to get clients over to the CPAs and to implement some strategies. We understand estate planning. So we understand the questions to reach out to estate attorneys when our clients need help in that area. We know pension plans. We know retirement plans. So the CFP is a, a definitely a rigorous uh, certification process to get financial advisors uh, understanding a lot of different areas so that when a client comes in, we can point them in the right direction or help still start building that plan that's going to get them to where they want to go. The behavioral financial analyst uh, is one of the most recent designations that I got. Uh, and it's I think it's really catching on around the country now because it's people and money. It's it's what are the what are the emotions when they're making decisions where uh, mistakes I made early on in my career were building a perfect financial plan, but it required you to be perfect with your budget and, and perfect with your money. And now it's helping advisors understand the emotion of why a client's making a decision. So if they come in and we build a, a goal-based uh, advice plan and they come in and they start doing something different, we are now trained to ask the right questions to go, Is that, has your goals changed? If so, why? And help walk, walk through that with them. So sometimes they'll come to the conclusion, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, it is an emotional decision that we're making. So that one ties in very well with the certified divorce financial analyst. I've had that one uh, somewhere around probably about 17 of my 19 years, which is focused on helping clients understand what that divorce decree means to them with the asset separation. Um, what, how much money goes into their column? What are they giving up? What are they getting? What are they going to have access to? Uh, and you and I have talked about that in the past of just what the client needs access to, to be able to, to continue moving forward for their own personal goals now that they're losing a partner. And so we can really be an asset to the, the client, but also the attorney through the process. Uh, the other one, Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor, expert on, on retirement uh, plans, understanding the different 401ks versus IRA simple plans. And then a Chartered uh, Financial Consultant is very similar to that of just understanding but understanding all the different questions that come up when somebody's planning uh, long-term. So I know you do a lot of work with people involved in divorce. What made you decide to focus at least a portion of your business on that target market? So that actually came up early on in my career. In the first two years of, of my career, I was coming across more single women that had just gone through divorce. And I, I saw the issues that were coming up of, hey, I just went through a divorce six months ago or two years ago, and the consequences of the decisions they made were, were still showing up where maybe there was a house that financially didn't make sense for them to keep, or they've run through their cash reserves uh, at a faster pace than what they assumed. And so... I, I saw a, a repetitive theme on the people I, I was meeting, and I did research and came across uh, the certified uh, divorce financial analyst designation and started doing research. And that designation came actually from an attorney that saw a lot of the program came from an attorney that saw a lot of her clients being bankrupt within five years of divorce. And, and she realized there needed to be some changes on how she was helping her, her clients. So that's where that CDFA came from. And I embraced it because I was seeing it firsthand myself. And I really wanted to 
to help this group of people because there's so much emotion that's going on and the decisions they're making. A lot of them just wanted to get out of the divorce and they, they didn't understand if you choose this, what this means to them five, 10 years down the road for them and maybe their kids. And so there was some passion around it. And I saw an under, underserved community that I really wanted to jump into and help. So for the family lawyers out there that are listening, I cannot express enough how valuable it is to have a relationship with somebody like Sam who can help your clients with these financial issues and not necessarily in the divorce financial, certified divorce financial analyst role, but in more of a financial planner role that has that knowledge and background. So can you talk a little bit about whether or not you're, you know, when you use specific criteria of certified divorce financial analyst and when you don't and how those play together? No, good question. And, and the biggest goal I try to, to help people understand is as, as valuable as that CDFA, I'm going to use the, the, the acronym, the certified divorce financial analyst, as valuable as that is, and, and a lot of clients, that's all they want. They want somebody to understand the assets division and making sure they're getting an equitable solution at the end of the day. And they'll work with the attorneys saying, hey, we need more cash because of expenses that are coming up. And, and they'll make some baseline decisions and they'll help the attorney. What I'm trying to do in the practice and the advisors here with me is we believe that stops short of where we can really help the client, where we really need to be building a financial plan. We really need them to understand what is their cash flow going to look like? What are their expenses going to look like? Is that house a great house for them to stay in and, and, and uh, for themselves and for their kids? And what are the consequences if they do stay there and it's too expensive for them dropping down to one, one salary? So that's our biggest differential is we believe it shouldn't stop at just asset division, but it should be an ongoing relationship, a, a plan showing them what their post-divorce life is going to look like. So what is something attorneys can look for as signs that a particular client needs someone like you working alongside in their case? Uh, I think this is easy. When they start asking you the questions that you don't want to ask answer as an attorney, when they, <laughs> they go, hey, what should I do with, with this, this money? Or what about the house? Or what kind of job do I need to get? All those are great or, or the flags where every attorney has said, that's not what we do. We, we're, we're, we want to help the client. We want to go through and help them uh, through the divorce process, but we're not their, their financial advisor. So I think when the, when the attorney catches themselves going, you need to talk to a financial expert, that's where I think the, the segue, and, and from what you've told me and, and the other attorneys that I work with, that's usually a very common question where their mind starts to go, that they, they need to start understanding what their life is going to look like financially. Can they afford certain things? And what's their retirement going to look like? Are their kids taken care of? So I think any of those questions that come up uh, is a great opportunity to refer them to a, a financial advisor they trust. At what stage in the divorce process should attorneys be looking to make those kind of connections? I don't say this just to, to look for a business opportunity, but I'm, I'm saying as early as, as possible. Because even in that first interview that attorneys are doing with the clients, I believe some of these questions come up of, well, should I ask for this or should I, or, or, or should I keep this or all those things are going to, to start down a path of how the client is looking at their financial situation. So the earlier that we can jump in, into the process, not only can we help the clients, but I think we can also help uh, the attorneys from the feedback that I've gotten is 
sometimes, you know, this, a client will get locked down on, I have to have a house. I got to keep the house. Right. Earlier, we can start talking to them about um, that word budget, you know, their spending plan, as we like to call it sometimes. The earlier we can do that in the process, sometimes we can help move them to what their 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 spending uh, is going to look like a post divorce. So literally, I think it's from the first meeting, definitely when discovery is being done uh, for divorce cases, because as they're gathering that financial information, we we read statements. I mean, that is what we do for for a living, and so we understand the difference between a Roth IRA and a and a, and a 401k and the pension plans. So the sooner we can be brought in, not only can we help the clients understand what's out, out there, but we also will be a resource for the attorneys on what this client's going to need to start reaching what their goals are post-divorce. So you mentioned discovery. Uh, in a lot of our, almost all divorce cases, at least if there are any assets at all, we do what's called a sworn inventory and appraisement where we are getting gathering all of this financial information and putting it down on paper. Is that something that you help clients with? Do you work with attorneys on those? How do you play in on something like that? Yeah, what's interesting is we, as financial advisors, as part of the financial planning process, we do the discovery with every single client, uh, our own. I mean, we're asking, or it, it's also, it's kind of funny, is y'all's checklist that I see a lot of attorneys that have that they want. We have an even more extensive one in terms of all the items that we're going into from social security statements to pension plans to, to life insurance and benefits at work. And so, yeah, all of those, all that that checklist of items that are, that are out there, we're very familiar with. And so if you get them to us sooner, we're kind of doing a lot of legwork that we can then send them back uh, to you guys and go, hey, we've gotten the most recent statement versus just a, a website print off. We actually got a statement that shows history and, and allows you guys to be able to go, go deeper. So, yeah, we, we definitely do discovery with every client and long term clients. We do discovery every year of what statements and what's changing that's out there. So that that's why I think that we don't get them in the before discovery. That's a, that's an area that we can definitely help. Uh, attorneys. So can you describe generally what you do on your end when, you know, say I call you up and I say, Hey, Sam, I've got Jane Doe and she's going through a divorce. And I think that she could really use your services and I connect you to, and then you go, can you generally describe what do you do from there? Yeah. That, that first call when they're calling in, once again, I know it's very emotional because a lot of times um, when they're first starting it is the the emotions of I'm moving forward with this. Where do I even start? So where I take a step back with them and really have them focus is, is to do a quick x-ray and, and go, okay, where are you at and your partner financially? But then I, I quickly jump to what are your goals? And so on that first phone call, I go, what are some of your initial goals? What's important to you? What are you going to be your, I'm asking for this. And I know those things may change, but the sooner I can understand the direction they're going, the sooner it's going to help me to start formatting some type of, of game plan uh, to be able to help help them through the entire process. So we'll ask them, is the house important? What, what kind of custody are you asking for the kids? What are you, what's your job situation now? What do you think it's going to change? So the sooner that we can get that all out and open in that first call, the, the better we're going to be able, be able to help them. And so that first call starts and then, a lot of times we determine if they're if we're going to be able to provide the service that they need. And unfortunately, to your point, you've had these clients that come in 
and they may be separating debt. Well, I'm going to feel horrible having them come in and hire me to do something that I can give them some pointers over the phone with. So not every single person that that I talk with are we necessarily trying to turn into to a client. We want them to be in a situation where they need our, our advice, not only through the divorce, but also on a long-term uh, process. So that's that first uh, meeting of, of what we're doing. If that first meeting determines that they do want help, we believe that we can help them, then we'll schedule that first meeting. So we have it in, in, in face, person to person, or in this day and age, a Zoom call, where we can talk through uh, in more depth. And, and a lot of times that's a very emotional uh, meeting for them. Uh, they've just explained it uh, to, to an attorney. They're, they're going through, they'll share sometimes why the divorce is happening, gives us some insight, not a requirement. But we can start to dig deeper in that first meeting of why they're asking for the house or why uh, they feel the need to get a hold of this asset. And we can start to, to help guide them to understand the complexities. If they, if they go down that path, what we've seen other clients happen. And I think that's that meeting is the biggest impact whenever I can show other, other examples of clients in their similar situation and how it's come, come out on the other side. I like to build their confidence. I really do in that first meeting, build a confidence that I know they're going through a tough time, but I'm trying to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel that we can build a plan and work through that together. So after that first meeting, we send them home with that homework, the discovery, the same thing that you guys, guys are doing uh, out there in terms of what we're gonna need to move forward in the process. The second meeting, uh, we call it the, the data meeting, but it really is, it's making their pile of stuff, everything they've been able to get themselves, um, what they've been able to, to grab from a pile out on a desk at the house, uh, just everything and anything so that we can grab that information and go back and start to build um, the, the asset, the discovery spreadsheet or using our financial planning software and build it out. And then by that third meeting, Holly, that's, that's the one that I think is the most uh, exciting for, for the client going through this tough situation is we're able to put up on the big screen their financial life post-divorce. We show them if, if they've had to sell the house. We've showed them if they're getting child support coming in, what does that mean for their cash flow? If they're, if they're going back to work, what type of income do they need to shoot for to make their cash flow look strong? Uh, what does it mean for kids' education? Are they on track for re- a retirement or what are they going to have to do? So that, that meeting, the, the plan presentation meeting, is where they're going to come back to the attorney. And I believe they're going to feel the most confident because now they've seen what, why asking for this or not asking for this, what the impacts are on their financial life. And then we immediately go into a, a service process model where we're sitting down with our clients, sometimes uh, trimesters or quarterly. So we're not just meeting at the end of the year. We're going to meet with them on a regular basis to let them know what's going on with the economy, the market, tax changes that we made to get them back in front of the CPA. So that's a normal client, but where it changes after the plan presentation for clients that are going through divorce is we're usually there. And every time there's a new offer being made, uh, settlement offer, we're plugging that into the plan to see if there's going to be any major impacts to their financial plan. So little slight difference for divorcing clients where there's probably a lot more meetings that are happening as different offers are coming through uh, the process, the divorce process. So I know you sometimes are involved in mediation when divorces are trying to settle. And you mentioned plugging things in when there's a settlement offer. How do you 
get involved in mediation? What is your role and how can you help both attorneys and clients in that situation? Well, try to avoid it as much as possible because, man, do y'all sit there for a long time, uh, eight <laughs> and ten hours. I just I've gone through that. I've sat down next to uh, some of your colleagues through some of those. And I oh, man, I empathize uh, with y'all doing that. But what I'd rather do during the mediation is sometimes I can just be on call, meaning, hey, if it falls right, I'm here in my office. I have their financial plan with technology. Now I can share out their financial plan and literally to sit there and plug in the numbers with whatever offer the, the mediator came in with. So I've, I've gone to them and I'm, my, me and my associates will we'll go and do that if it calls for it. What we've seen over the last several years is with technology, it's a, hey, can you please be on standby uh, mode? We're going to need to reach out and ask some questions. But if we've done our job and we've built out the plan, I know this may not seem like it's I'm underplaying it, but it's really not as complicated to make those quick changes. If we're getting this asset versus this one, we're switching a, a cash account for a 401k or vice versa. We know the, and the planning software helps us understand the tax consequences. And, and that's probably the biggest thing I would tell you during mediation when, when quick changes are being uh, offered to swap assets is we need to help the clients and help the attorneys understand what does this actual mean? They seem very generous that all of a sudden an extra 50000 showed up on, on this side of the ledger that, that your client's going to get. But then I remind them that you do understand that's all taxable. And so that 50000 gets eaten up by you don't necessarily have the penalties associated with divorce for early distributions from, from 401ks, but the taxes are still there. And so we can we can show that. Once again, we're not we're not a tax uh, attorneys, we're not CPAs and we don't play one on television, but we, we definitely understand the consequences and our software will help uh, explain that to the clients where just because your column adds up to more, it doesn't mean that you're netting more at the end of the day. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that attorneys make in negotiating property settlements is not realizing that we're looking at apples and oranges and lemons. They put it all on the chart. It's all equal. They want to get 50-50 down at the bottom or whatever percentage they're trying to get. So it can really be helpful, especially if somebody can calculate those tax consequences on fly. Because, you know, most of us lawyers have far less tax knowledge than the financial planner does. And it's it's much more reliable information coming from there. Well, I, you are playing two roles. You're, you're having to be attorney and have, be a legal expert. And then you're having to be a financial expert over here and then a tax expert over here. So all this wrapped up in, into one is the earlier we get in the process, you can start delegating some of those those questions and responsibilities off to the to other folks. And I'll bring in, if it gets to a very complex uh, situation, I'll tap one of my tax ex- experts to, to step in when it gets detailed and maybe stock options or or distributions where a client's going to need to pull a lot of money from the uh, from the 401k that that they're getting. But any attorney that's trying to do all of it, I believe they're going to run into some uh, to some issues or unintended consequences for the client where you may have got a good settlement. But if you didn't know the client needed one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a down payment for a house, if all they got was qualified assets, that's going to lead where they're going to have to pull a lot more money out for taxes. And so, yeah, I, I, the understanding the tax consequences or what their plan is all fits in. And you are having to make quick decisions sometimes in that mediation. 
So you mentioned working with tax professionals. I know you have a you have a broad network and you bring in a lot of other people for different issues. What types of professionals do you like to pull in to help divorcing clients? And I will I will share this. This is for divorcing clients, and I most likely pull in the exact same professionals in a normal financial advising relationship that walks in because I really do want the experts in each area as, as part of the client's team. And, and during divorce, it's even that much more uh, important that we do so. So the ones that most people may not think about is a mortgage broker. If they're keeping that house, you know, Holly, most of the time they're being, they're going to require to refinance it, right. To get the other spouse's name, name off. Or if they're selling the house, they're maybe wanting to go buy another one. As you know, through that process, depending on what the income situation is or the assets they're going to get, we don't know if they're going to qualify for the house. So I actually have mortgage experts that definitely I think need to be on one of your uh, one of your future podcasts out there that they help look at the um, draft divorce decrees. They'll even send it over to underwriting to understand, hey, based on this divorce decree, do we believe that they will qualify? And we've had a couple of cases where the way spousal maintenance was paid out, it was a descending 3,000, 2,000, 1,000. We'll kind of find out mortgage underwriters do not like that uh, descending income. I was able to come back with a strategy and go, what if we just made it 2,000 for three years? The same amount of money being paid to the spouse and the underwriters were happy, which I shook my head, but that makes them happy. It makes them uh, be able to sell the mortgage. And so we were able to help that client. So those uh, mortgage brokers, a lot of times when the house is involved, we got to get got them, get them in place. And when you count spousal maintenance or child support, how it can be counted to qualifying. Um, the tax experts, once again, the assets being d- divided, if it gets complex with stock options and if they're going to need to take distributions, I always want to bring um, the, the tax expert in there. Our software does a good job of helping estimate some of those things. But sometimes the, the, the tax expert can step in and decide, should we take some of the distributions this year versus next year based on what their new taxable income is going to be? Um, one of the big ones that I think that uh, attorneys lose an opportunity to refer and, and, and we try to uh, capitalize on is estate attorneys. I do not know a situation where a person through a divorce does not need a new estate plan. I mean, they, if they had one, it needs to be updated. And if they didn't have one, they very much need one. So we we love bringing in the, the estate attorneys post-divorce, not necessarily during, during the divorce, but we do get the clients thinking about it. And then a realtor, um, a, a realtor to be able to understand what is the valuation of the house, where, if they're needing to move, where they're going to go. We'll talk with the realtors to make sure that it stays within their new uh, spending plan, what their new plan looks like long term. So those are most likely the the, the core uh, experts that we'll bring in and uh, to be able to help with the with the client in a normal situation, but very much uh, so in a divorce uh, case. So you mentioned you talked about uh, the mortgage lender and the issue with spousal maintenance decreasing versus keeping it steady and the underwriters and whatnot. So as attorneys. When we go into mediation and we sign a mediated settlement agreement, it is binding and everybody is stuck with that. So to what extent do you ever make those decisions and conversations with mortgage lenders during mediation? And to what extent does that need to be done in advance? And I think that's that's one of the things that in advance of mediation, because to your point, it's too late if it's a binding agreement and you're done. 
we'll have conversations, like I said, during the planning, planning process of what kind of house are they keeping this house? And bottom line is a lot of times we can go in there and go, this is what the requirement's going to be. And so working with the mortgage expert who's, who does divorce and there are certifications for our mortgage uh, professionals out there, they will sit there and go, you're going to need to walk out with this much in assets. You're going to need this much in income. And by the way, that income for child support for different types of mortgages has to be in place for three months or six months. And, and I'll let them be the experts on that. But I know enough to go, hey, if the decree comes back and says you have to refinance this house in 90 days, they actually may not be qualified because of what the underwriters want to see. So we usually try to put a game plan in place to know what the mortgage professionals have told us needs to be the outcome so we can stay within those guidelines. And then I, I've reached out to the mortgage professionals and have them, they already have the clients set up. And, and now with their tools, we can sit there and have them estimate if they got this much from the 401k, this much in cash, this one's from the seller house. They now have the tools where they can sit there and go, okay, that falls within the debt to income ratios that we need to get through underwriter. So it may not, if, if there's a lot of movements, it may not be a guarantee that they're going to qualify, but at least the mortgage broker's been through the process and can, can understand what the big issues are uh, with the clients that are going to keep them from qualifying on the other side. So in general, how do you think it benefits an attorney to involve someone like you with a client early on? I think it goes back to the, just the client questions that I know y'all want to help with, but you know, as soon as you give some advice, they're respecting your opinion on this. And if the attorneys realize that we can have that question answered by someone that has dug deep into their financial situation, knows what their goals are, I think it'll avoid some of those calls that y'all get in the emails that y'all get where you're repeatedly going, hey, you need to talk to a financial uh, expert on that. You need to talk to it. So I think if you can bring us on early on, it'll start those, I don't want to call them nuisance questions, but the emotional questions that the, the client is asking It'll, it'll help push those where you guys can focus on what your experts at. We can focus on what we're really good at uh, with the client. So the earlier that happens, I think the sooner we can start to answer those questions, but also get the client off of the house if it's not going to make sense financially. Because I keep bringing that up as an example, but I know in the huge portion of my, my, my cases that I've helped on, it's usually the house is that emotional tie that comes up. And so if we can help show them where you may know, Sam, I've done this enough. I, I know financially it's just the house. I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. I'm able to talk to them through their own numbers. When I show them their budget, when I show them what their income is going to look like after you've told me child support, after we look at the assets and I can show them you're going to be negative on the other side of this, then we can help them where y'all can get through going, you know what, we're putting the house over on, on their column we're going over here in a different direction. The sooner we can help y'all with that, I think we can get through some of those roadblocks that y'all sometimes suffer through. And I think in addition to helping us get through those types of roadblocks, I think it can also help us come up with a lot more creative solutions for our clients. And I think the gut instinct of a lot of attorneys, especially if we're dealing with a stay-at-home mom or something like that, is to say, you can't, you're not going to qualify for the house and mm -hmm. just toss that idea to the side. But if there's certain assets and if you do it the right way and you're creative, there might be a way that this right. person could have the house. So having outside professionals help 
and something like that can help figure out, can it happen? And is it a good idea to happen? And if so, how do we all work together to make it happen? And I'll give, I'll give one that is not going to be right for every, every client out there, but we knew the client was going to be able to go back to work and earn a good income. There wasn't going to be enough cash for the down payment. And so we, instead of um, her keeping her 401k and the husband keeping his 401k, which doesn't necessarily allow for distributions, were you able to do kind of a crisscross situation? In that case, the husband was okay with it, where, hey, I understand the need for a quadro in this situation. And we ran it past the attorney and they're like, oh, that does help us pull money out that's been needed for the, for the down payment. Once again, not something we would typically do, but in this situation, the client really wanted to get into that house and we showed a unique way of how to make that happen for them. And you mentioned quadros. That's another complicating factor in a lot of divorces. And a lot of attorneys have pretty limited knowledge when it comes to retirement plans. And, you know, the number of people who have specialized knowledge is pretty limited. So is that something that you're able to help attorneys to understand the plans, to understand, you know, whether it's better to keep this Roth versus that 401k and things of that nature? Mm-hmm. So on the on the plans, once again, understanding the tax consequences of each each one will play into the to the actual plan. But access to the plan or, or that asset is also extremely valuable. So where we're not the the quadros experts, uh, we do know uh, that when that quadro is done, what the process is. We're usually the ones helping that get to the right person over at the plan and actually working through getting the account separated, separated it out. But yes, working with the attorneys to understand this looked like a very generous offer, but at the end of the day, you understand these tax options are taxed this way. Uh, this pension plan's taxed this way. It's like, it looks like it's more, but when it netted out, it, it really isn't. So we, I love providing education whenever I can. I have a lot of my attorneys have my, my cell phone number and I'll get calls all the time going, hey, walk me through the difference between a SEP IRA or a simple IRA, and I can help them understand what, what that may mean or, or why that's a negative for, for the client. So I definitely, if an attorney establishes a great relationship with a financial advisor who also is a certified divorce financial analyst, I think they're going to get a really good resource where they're going to be able to call and ask some questions because it's a, it's a relationship that can go back and forth where we love the referral opportunities that, that the attorneys provide for us. And we can also be a resource. And then we do benefit sometimes where um, the attorneys, because we have the client come to us first because uh, of a previous relationship or our clients. And so then we can actually refer out uh, to the attorney if the opportunity presents itself. So one of the questions I like to ask all of my guests on the podcast is, if you could give one piece of advice to family lawyers, what would it be? I know you're saying, hey, a, a professional a financial advisor you need to ask them that question. But I do believe the attorneys are a little nervous because they don't, they don't want to be responsible. We get that. We don't want to be responsible if that financial advisor messes something up. Well, I will tell you, I think more can be messed up in the divorce or overlooked if, if you're not bringing that person in where you're saying this looks like a good you know, split. And then we've talked about the, the tax consequences or what, the, what does this mean for the client? I, I want the attorneys to get, as, as silly as it sounds, I want them to get the best reviews possible uh, for their divorce you know, services. And I think we do a great job working 
in concert with the attorneys of making this really, really bad situation, helping set expectations of what uh, divorce life is going to look like in their, their situation. So if the attorneys would just go, I'm going to do the research, I'm going to find somebody that I trust, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring them into the, to the situation or into the divorce process sooner, I think they're going to, it's going to help them be better attorneys and take some of those questions off their plate. So um, going back to the earlier we can be involved, the more I think we can help the attorneys. I think that's excellent advice, a lot, especially a lot of younger attorneys. You don't know what you don't know. So if you can recognize the area that this particular client needs help, it is oftentimes better to bring in an expert on that particular area than to try and do it yourself. Absolutely. And the younger attorneys, once again, they may be three or four years in where they're still becoming experts in the law side, the legal side. And now they're being asked to understand every type of retirement account that's out there. Trust me. I'm not saying I have them all in memory. We just have the resources to very quickly go. And, and working with a great company like Ameriprise, we have our experts at our home office that we can reach up and tap into. So where it looks like it's just just me, we have a, a big company standing behind us that we can help provide really good services uh, to our clients and attorneys. So we're just about out of time, but where can our listeners go if they want to learn more about you? So... Um, Ameriprise.com uh, to find other uh, advisors like myself. Uh, and you can search for Encircle Wealth Advisors. Uh, the name came from the idea that I try to encircle my clients with experts. I have a, a really cool uh, graph that shows the attorneys and the uh, other professionals that I believe every uh, client ha- has. So Ameriprise.com, search for Encircle uh, Wealth Advisors, and we'd love to help anyone uh, that's in need. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, For our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, go uh, give us a review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. The Texas Family Law Insiders podcast is sponsored by the Draper Law Firm. We help people navigate divorce and child custody cases and handle family law appellate matters. For more information, visit our website at www.draperfirm.com.